This is Dr. Daniel Van Ingen with this week's parenting podcast on truth. It merges out of a relationship. Here's a recent scenario of a father with his son. On a Saturday night at church, a boy was leaning on two legs of his chair. He tilted back. He tilted the chair back so that it was only balancing on two legs. He was about to fall, so his father firmly told him not to tilt on his chair. A minute later, his father was swaying back and forth. I guess he was used to swaying because of his because of holding his, his babies. While swaying, his nine-year-old son would elbow him. This happened five or six times. It seemed that the nine-year-old was elbowing him in a passive-aggressive way. After it happened five or six times, his father reprimanded his behavior, and his son became very angry. When talking to his mother, the son, let's call him Kevin, he insisted that he didn't elbow his father, but his father swayed into his arm. His father, uh, of course, said that's not the case. The son was elbowing me or elbowing him. So his father slept on it, but then provided significant consequences the next day if his son didn't reveal the truth. So the following is the next set of elaborate consequences that came up uh, if, if his son, Kevin, didn't tell the truth about what happened the night before. So the dad told Kevin, if you don't acknowledge that you elbowed me by 7.30 in the morning, you will miss today's basketball practice and you will not be able to watch the family movie at 11 o'clock. And then he said, if you don't acknowledge that you elbowed me by 12 noon, you will miss the family football game at 2.30 and you will not be able to watch football on TV. If you don't, and then he said, if you don't acknowledge that you elbowed me by 4 p.m., you will miss the soccer game that's going to be on the TV, and you will not get the ice cream cone at 6.30 p.m., which is, I guess, the dessert that they have after dinner on Sundays. He also said, if you don't acknowledge that you elbowed me by 7.30 a.m. Monday morning, you will pay me $20. If you don't acknowledge that you elbowed me by 7.30 in, on Tuesday morning, he then would, would have to pay uh, he, he told the boy, you will have to pay me $20. Uh, and if you don't acknowledge, uh, if Kevin doesn't acknowledge the elbowed his dad by 7.30 a.m. on Wednesday morning, he'd have to pay him $20, and the same for Thursday and Friday, so a total of $100. So this was an elaborate set of consequences. Kevin argued. So in the conversation uh, that morning, Kevin argued that he would just say he did it to avoid the penalty. But he also argued, and this was really eye-opening for his father, he said, just because I say something doesn't mean I think something. So this was a pretty smart preteen. He said, I'm still going to think that you swayed into me. The son went on to say, so yes, Dad, I elbowed you. But as you can see, this preteen, he's a pretty smart kid. So the problem with this situation is that the, is that the father cornered him to just say what needs to be said. And his wife, being very wise, noticed her husband's frustration. Yes the, uh, yes, the husband walked away from the conversation frustrated because in his mind, he believed he came up with an elaborate system of consequences based on what he learned. Uh, and he spent the entire evening and morning developing this attempted reinforcement to get the truth out. Uh, but this kind, what's really important is, but this kind of uh, force, you know, verbal force, when the dad uses his will to force the boy to say what is true, doesn't actually bring about change. 
What brings about change is what happens in the relationship. Both parents reported to me that they are concerned about their son telling the truth, and they ought to be. Uh, I have a motto in my family, Van Ingen's, we don't lie, cheat, or steal. And I reminded my kids of this when the old cheating technique of writing down answers on your hand for the test uh, was brought up at something spoken of in class this week. But every family should have that as a motto. Johnson's, don't lie, cheat, or steal. Fredrickson's, don't lie, cheat, or steal. Listen, in our family, you don't lie, cheat, or steal. So for these parents to be concerned about their son, Kevin, telling the truth, that's a very good thing. But the challenge of using verbal force or reinforcement force is that kids will just tell you what you want to hear. This is where external control psychology falls flat. Building character is key, but it's not... Um, but it's not, uh, building character is key, but it's, it's, it's got to come out of a relationship. It's not going to be forced. It has to come out of love. So there are multiple variables at play in this scenario. The boy reacting to his dad's firm, firm enforcement of the tilting chair, the father's sway to the left that may have bumped his son's elbow, the boy repeatedly elbowing his father, sharp words spoken to the son, how the kid felt when he was reprimanded, and it was what I heard in the story. It was in, in the church, so it sounded like maybe others may have witnessed it if it was in a group setting. Um, there could be some embarrassment there. The son's perception, the father's perception. So a lot of variables going on here. At the end of the day, valuing the son's perception is important. But the parent has to be the one who stands on his perception of what happened. The truth has to be upheld. However, we know that the son may dig in and, as time passes, firmly believe and even more firmly believe in his version of the story. And, of course, the father, if he has an overreactive temperament, not only will he be more firmly firm and uh, more firmly believe in his story, he may say things, possibly, that can hurt the relationship, which also is a variable. Uh, that the mom was attentive to. So we could talk more about, we could talk about this scenario for a long time. Parents who are listening to this podcast, you can put yourself in a situation like this and see multiple perspectives. But the take-home message is that it comes down to the relationship and truth can't be forced. It's got to come out of the relationship and love must prevail. Love always prevails. Love is the answer. Love never keeps score. Love is largely is love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. Love refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love doesn't embarrass. Love does its best to reprimand privately praise publicly. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated. How many of us as parents are easily irritated or quick to take offense if we're embarrassed by a child's misbehavior uh, in a public situation? Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter 
for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love is patient. Love is kind. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. So when a relationship goes on, and in this relationship here in this scenario, when the dad wrestles with his son, he plays football with his son, he goes on a walk with Kevin, maybe talks to him about what he's reading or uh, the next spelling test, and takes time to love Kevin. Love will rejoice with the truth. And in following subsequent conversations, hey, remember that time um, when, when, the, when the boy feels safe and secure? By his father's love, the truth will emerge. Yeah, maybe I did, Dad. Right? Truth emerges out of the relationship. It's not going to be an elaborate reinforcement system or consequence system in order to get the boy to do and say what you want him to do and say. Instead, love and truth emerges out of the relationship. This is Dr. Daniel Van Ingen with this week's parenting podcast on truth. It merge it emerges out of a relationship in love. <laughs>